You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes, Deader, and I here with always... Typical Lydia. It's our season's grievings edition of the Dead Air podcast. You're looking at me in a way that makes you think that you don't like my Crypt Keeper-esque puns, but I'm going to keep them, and I don't care what you say. And tonight's Terror Tale, we'll be doing the 2010's Chris Massacre movie, Sint. Or Saint. No, yeah, but in all seriousness, it is, we are doing a, a Christmas horror movie. A Chris Massacre episode. Chris Massacre episode. Yeah. It's actually pretty cool. This movie is just hung by the chimney with scares. I love it because I got nothing. So you can just pile it on. Pile it on <laughs> like coal on a fire. Because... That was what I liked the most about Crypt Keeper. He was always doing like the most ridiculous puns. The what? best puns. Him and Elvira. Both yeah. Them, actually, yeah. Maybe, so are you saying I should work on my puns? Is that what you're saying? I just think you could stand to be a little punnier on the show. Yeah? Like, a little more interesting? Oh, come on now. A little um, less fucking... Like, cranky. <laughs> so I'm Scrooge. Whatever. You're a little Scroogey. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. Now, you could be any of the 8,000 Ebenezer Scrooge variations that exist in this world. You'd be the Mr. Magoo one. No, it's about time that we have a girl. A Mrs. Scrooge. A you know, Miss Scrooge. A Miss... She would be Ms. Yeah, Scrooge, Ms. Scrooge. Please and thank you. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a take. Yeah. I'd watch that movie more than I would watch, like, another George C. Scott I guess he can't do one anymore because he's dead, but... Is there a Lady Grinch? That'd be a Lady Grinch. I don't like green so much, but whatever. There could be a Lady Grinch. Why not? Can I be like Dark Purple? A Dark Purple Grinch? A Dark Purple Lady Grinch? Yeah. With furry boobs? Now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the hooves are all furry. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Okay, that's what I'll do. As a horror fan, do you find that you go out of your way to like macabre things about Christmas, or do you just feel like you'd ignore it, or do you like let the 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 black layers peel off of you <laughs> and be holly jolly for a minute? For a minute, one minute, one you exact get one minute? fucking minute. Midnight yeah. on Christmas Eve, one minute of me jolly. No. No, I, I don't mind Christmas and stuff in that Courier and Ives kind of way. You know, let's go back to like 1888 where everything is like candlelit and stuff. So there okay. are some interesting things about Christmas that I, I enjoy. But going out of my way to like the macabre things about Christmas, yes and no. It's just like a natural thing for me when me and my mom were like picking what Christmas cookies and stuff to make. Mm-hmm. For a couple of years, I made these things called Cathedral Windows. Because what it was like the most goth cookie I could think of. <laughs> That's what that is. It's like chocolate and uh, candied fruit and miniature marshmallows. Oh my god, and, really? Yeah, when you make it all and then you slice them real thin. So it's like these dark circles. Or if you shape them like cathedral windows with like mm-hmm. a point at the top. Um, and there's like these multicolored bits and like the the sugared candies or the candied fruit looks sort of like stained glass so it does come off as as goth as fuck yeah pretty much so then <laughs> i thought I, I don't like making those anymore because they're way too sugary and like miniature marshmallows and stuff like that just not i don't like marshmallows at all i don't like any of the things in them they just look cool mm-hmm. um then i started looking for a more goth 
uh, Christmas recipe. <laughs> it's true. It's just, it's true. I know it sounds funny, but it's just true. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of, there's goth alternatives to everything Christmas. You can get stuff that is purposefully like blacks, black this or creepy trees oh yeah there's a lot of like dark and horror um christmas decorations and stuff like that for your tree you can have like a i had a black christmas tree that was in a funeral urn for sure (laughs) (laughs) self-serving christmas hating goth um some i don't know what the fuck happened to it but that and like i had a bunch of skulls on i had a bunch of skulls on my christmas tree last year Mm -hmm. which i set up like the day before christmas because i was mostly bored yeah yeah that's mostly why i set up a christmas tree because there's no real reason to set one up here mm-hmm. but uh the next christmas cookie that i made uh was reportedly made by nuns by tuscan nuns and it's um like a chocolate and candy it's it's more candy fruit and stuff like that like a fruit cake but you make it on a bed of um communion wafers okay so i thought that was sacrilegious enough how can i make this sacrilegious yeah yeah and we do make pepper nuts which are usually given out by black peter so it's kind of ties into the film it does yeah so this is a dutch horror film a christmas movie that christmas comedy i guess it's got some funny bits in it but i think it's more it's not jokey so much as i guess the deaths are so over the top in some places that it can kind of get funny but it's described as like a, a horror comedy so i was like all right fine it's only a horror comedy by accident because there are it is kind of funny like it didn't yeah. set out i don't think to be a horror comedy necessarily it's a light horror if there's different shades of horror in the horror rainbow yeah yeah we're up around the top which makes sense because it's a christmas season and uh i've decided that this is now a family show so there'll be no more naughty words fuck that <laughs> what sorry fuck no way man goddamn <laughs> cunt fucking shit cram puke vomit ass i'm just waiting there you go keep going no (laughs) i'm done i feel like you're becoming more powerful like i thought you were like (laughs) you were like chanting there for a second (laughs) no you had an aura about you christ fuck shit cut no this is not a family film it's pg-13 sure now there was some problems with some kids watching or looking at the poster there was a parent group after this movie wasn't there yeah because there was the poster was up downtown let's say and a parents group complained because their children could see it. Even though the film's not for kids. Not at all. The, the poster was in public. Okay. So they didn't like the fact that this was an evil, disfigured Santa Claus. Yeah, he looks kind of like a zombie. But the poster seemed... You can't really get a clear look at his face from the poster. You definitely can see that he's kind of dingier and doesn't look like a benevolent person at all in the poster. They communicate that quite well. But... As far as, like, the deformities on the face, they don't really... No, it's shadowed out, and he does look evil-ish. Yeah. Like, there's way more evil people in children's cartoons than this... Yeah, Snidely Whiplash. What a prick, right? Yeah, the the poster for Sin is not as scary as a lot of things designed to scare kids for kids. Yeah. At all. No, 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 I agree. But they complained, of course, because it was tarnishing Santa Claus. Yeah. So they complained enough about this poster all the way to court. Really? Yeah. This ended up in court, for crying out loud. Could you imagine the judge, okay, what's, what are we doing today? Gets it, it's like, it's, they're mad at a movie poster. 
I went to school for seven years for this. Yeah. Mothers <laughs> Against Evil Santa. This is my day. This is my day today. And the, the producer is probably just like, I know, man. I know, right? <laughs> so do they win the case or do they, did they have to take the poster down? No, they didn't. Um, they actually, the court found that the producer was right in saying his defense. Uh, what he was arguing was that if you can convince your children that Santa exists, you can also convince your children that this guy on the poster isn't the real Santa. That's a good point. That is a very fair point. Uh, but you are kind of asking parents to talk a little longer to their children, Lydia, and I think we both know they don't want to do that. No, they don't want to do that. They don't want to explain things to kids, so you shouldn't have things in front of kids that are going to make them ask questions or anything like that. Or oh, no. have any sort of like conversation with your children. No, no. no. Who needs to do that? Yeah. Now, what you should do is waste fucking time and money taking yeah. people to court. Yeah, take that on the poster. No, I'll show you. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder how they felt the uh, the parent group's dinner <laughs> dinner that night when they lost that case there's like evil one today kids you're not allowed to go outside anymore <laughs> well hopefully they screamed and yelled a whole bunch and ruined uh, like an entire week of everyone's lives for miles around them because mm-hmm. that'll teach kids who the real evil is scathing so when we're watching Saint or Saint, the idea behind the movie is that Saint Nicholas ain't the nice dude that you've heard about. In fact, he's a bit of a prick. Depends on where you go to school. The real St. Nicholas wasn't really that awesome. So this whole like jolly red satin coat and ermine trimmed fucking Santa that we're used to mm-hmm. is a commercial creation anyway. Well, that's that that is uh that's no secret to anybody. But I even thought that like the legend of I thought I understand that like Santa is is like a jolly old elf like made up by like companies and like stuff Coca-Cola. like that. Coca-Cola. Yeah, Coke is very famous yeah. for uh, popu- popularizing the image. Other places as well too, but uh, Coke is the one that always comes to my mind. Yeah. Um, but I thought St. Nicholas himself was like a good dude. But as according to this movie, he like ransacked homes and killed children. Hundreds of children. Yeah. And it didn't really mention what he wanted because you would see that people had left offerings for him outside of their homes. And it looked like people were content, his Black Peters, were content to collect all that stuff. And, you know, drink the wine, take the toys and the little coins and all that kind of stuff, the food. And then they would leave. And I guess whoever didn't leave stuff, they would kill or rape and pillage or whatever have you. Mm-hmm. I guess. But it didn't really seem like. St. Nicholas wanted anything because he was just sort of on his horse like, yeah, yeah, this is radical. Just just everybody just getting killed and shit around him. So in the opening moments of the, the film, we have this established that St. Nicholas and his band of thugs are just destroying this place. They get onto a boat. It's 1492 where Freddy sailed the ocean blue. Freddy. Remember uh, Freddy's dead? That's exactly... Sailed the ocean blue. Okay, yeah. sure. And Santa had come from Spain. That's why he was in a in a boat. So this is yeah, yeah. Inquisition, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyways, the villagers seem to have had enough. And they seem to now decide we're going we're gonna to rally ourselves together. And we're going to take care of this St. Nicholas once and for all. They gather their pitch uh, pitch pitch axe their, their pitchforks and their axes and everything like that and they head on down to the boat they burn the boat they kill the black peters that are there the bandits 
And oh, that's it. Or so we think. And then we cut to the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Where a, a young family, no different from yours or mine, getting ready to celebrate, well, the St. Nicholas thing, which is on December 5th, I should point out. And they're singing and laughing. And they did something interesting here because the eldest son has to go check on the pigs, like you do. And, <laughs> like you do, yeah. Like, like you in, do. In, yeah, in the countryside. And, and, and initially I'm like, wow, that kid's toast. See you later, buddy. Yeah. Uh, like the, the, the nice wholesome family singing around the chimney and the one kid gets broken off from that, has to go into like the, the dark barn and check the pigs and stuff like that. So you assume that the kid, that kid is the one that's going to get it. Which they it, do set that up kind of like that. And there are like a lot of like rehashed horror beats that are used in this. And this is the, one of the first ones. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because they do make the barn look pretty, pretty creepy. Oh, and... for sure. And all the pigs are in there. It looks creepy as fuck. And the pigs are spooked about something. Mm-hmm. It's the whole reason he's out there. So you're assuming that he's going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, one kid goes up. Boom. Another kid goes up. Boom. Another kid gets violently dragged. And, but, and then it dawned on me, this is the second time in just as many weeks where we are doing a, sh- a movie where uh, kids don't make it out of here alive. Yeah, no, we're on this violence against children thing. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Yeah. And not only, not like we have, we should mention, of course, there's also the tie-in about poster problems. Both of these movies have had poster problems. Clown had poster problems. This one had poster problems. But ah, I swear we didn't plan it like this, but it feels like it fit really nicely now all of a sudden. No, we never do. There's these little threads running through all the films that we do, and it's not necessarily intentional. Um but yeah, there is a lot of violence against children. Although it is pointed out by one of the characters in this film that Santa isn't picky. No, he's he very... He take children, good kids, bad kids, adults, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he's very indiscriminate. So we cut to the present day in Amsterdam. You know, party central. Mm-hmm. And we're treated to a classroom scene where all the teenagers look like they're 25. I, at first, because they didn't shoot it, like, I didn't notice when they first shot the class. I thought it was a classroom of kids. And they're doing, like, a Kris Kringle. They're doing their Kris Kringle. Yeah. And all the, the gifts that they've had to do with their little secret Santa or whatever. And one of the girls is gifted a dildo. And I was like, what the fuck? I know. But it was not children. By the way, that's the sixth dildo. And the teacher seems into it, fucking dirty bird. He's like, sort of. yeah. He's like, He's... that beats our record from last year. And everyone cheers. And it's like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> yeah, dildos. Yeah, then we're introduced to our main character, the protagonist of this Christmas affair, Frank, who is gifted a breakup box from his lady. Yeah, I kind of like this part of the film. It's pretty good. Yeah. Also, when you you find out that she he everyone's just cheating on everybody, like yeah, pretty t- typical teen screams right there. I know, but it's even more casual. And I was just like, hey, get me to Amsterdam, man. They just fucking it's like the chill out capital of the world. The world. Yeah, they have good chocolate. I heard that. Yeah. I heard that. So Amsterdam is the chill out capital of the world. Everyone's just fucking everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And and pretty casual about the whole thing because, oh, uh, he was cheating on me. Weren't you cheating on him? Yeah. But, you know, only for like two and a half months of their six-month relationship. 
Or three-month relationship. Six months. Oh, was it six Yeah, months? they were dating for six months, and she was fooling around him for three months, and then he made it with some chick in the bike shed or whatever. I don't know. I know. Yeah. And, and then, by the way, this is a trio of girls walking away from school while they're talking about this person's having, like, all, I'm having sex, and this is all the sex that I'm having. One person's like, oh, I'm a virgin, and I don't do anything. And then uh, they all break off, and then you find out that that girl that's just so virginal and innocent has actually had something going on with her friend's boyfriend, Frank. She's yeah. in a, she's and a, she's even like, was it you in the bike shed? You're blonde, and this girl was apparently a blonde. And she's half joking, and the blonde girl's like, no, of course not. But it was her. Like, it totally dirty was her. Whore. They're all this little slut. This disgusting. But we did notice, we both noticed that that particular scene with the three girls walking is very reminiscent of Halloween 1 because yeah. they're three girls walking away, sort of talking about the boogeyman in a way mm-hmm. and discussing the babysitting that they're going to be doing that babysitting evening. Babysitting is prevalent, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty funny and like the just the pace that they're walking and the idea that they all kind of live near each other and and it's like well goodbye this is where i live and then the next person walks off and then this is where i live and the next person walks off and like don't let saint nicholas get you it's the other thing um they seem to have a fairly good working knowledge of the evil underbelly of saint nicholas the 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 dark part of it where he snatches children and there's a lot of ghoulish lore around the character even though it seems like the most prevalent aspect of the character would be what we all would know in Europe there. Like, it's celebrated the way it actually is, but there's also this undercurrent of, like, oh, you know, St. Nicholas is actually evil and, like, a child snatcher and, and all that kind of shit. Yeah, there's a naughty list for a reason. Yeah. It's not just, like, if you're good, you get stuff, and if you're not, then, oh, well. It's like, if you're not, you might get, like, sucked up the chimney. Yeah, which is a, good, it's a good, better motivator than coal. Because coal, I'm just like, wow, I could use coal for a myriad of things. Maybe if I'm... <laughs> no, you could not. I, I guess I could. I could, uh, you know, get a, a steam engine going. Or I could uh, uh, squeeze my hands to really, uh, together really, really hard and make diamonds. Okay. Okay. I was going to say that, you know, it sounds more trouble than it's worth. But making diamonds, sure. Okay. I get it. Yeah. You, there, you could do things with the coal that you're There's things that... <laughs> from me. Wait, what am I getting? I was a good boy all year. Yes, you were a good boy all year, Wes. Thank you. I just need a confirmation. Yeah. Hear that, Santa? Just letting you know. Other people agree. Wes is the good boy to see. Now, it's set up like a typical horror movie, and there's a lot of tropes going on simultaneously. It's fun to notice, but I don't think it gets in the way of anything. No. I'm not like, oh my God, they're ripping off this, or oh my God, they're ripping off that. It's just like, oh yeah, these are familiar aspects. And it seemed like they knew what they were doing in terms of what they needed to accomplish to get a horror movie uh, sort of scripted and done. I'd have to say that Dick Moss is probably a horror fan, period. That's all. Yeah. And whether these things were planned uh, in an homage or as a ripoff or just hitting the same tropes, it probably wasn't as planned. It's just these things that he's gotten by osmosis by being some sort of horror fan. I'd yeah. probably end up with the same sort of things in a horror film if I were going to make one. Especially mm-hmm. revolving around something that is so singular and so unique, basically, as Saint Nick. Mm-hmm. So he's got lots to distract you from all the tropes you might be noticing with a unique story. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. So that night, we have babysitters talking on the phone with each other while a kid is attempting to sleep. He's scared. 
because he hears something on the roof. We should point out that also what we've encountered in the plot already is an elderly police officer. See, they weren't just fucking around when they showed us that family getting killed in the 1960s. This was setting up our Ahab character. This was setting up a guy that has been obsessed with the the curse of St. Nicholas ever since the 1960s because he was that little boy that went to check on the pigs. And of course, now he hates Christmas. He hates this time of year. He thinks that the government or the police force or somebody should be taking this seriously and that they should find a way to stop the curse. I believe his name would be pronounced Yart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he does not like Christmas because, man, they put a fucking present on his desk <laughs> and he unloads his gun into it. It kind of reminded me of the scene in Kung Fury when they're shooting the phone. That's kind of what it was like. Because he walked in, saw this gift box on his desk, and yeah, unloaded his gun entirely. I was like, you can't do that as a police officer in this police station. You can't pull out your gun and empty a clip into a box. And the other two police officers are just like... (laughs) Congratulations, you just killed four bottles of wine. (laughs) And they're just like chuckling to each other. I was like, this man just... And the sergeant is just like, you guys, don't you... fuck around with him. Yes. It's like, wow, you're totally right, though. I didn't, because I don't care about reality so much, especially when I'm watching a film uh, about are cops allowed to just shoot up the fucking station on a daily basis? No. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, you know, I got to talk to you in my office. And I'm like, oh, here we go. He's going to get reprimanded for shooting his gun. Nope. It's just you're a little too obsessed with the St. Nicholas stuff. You should take some time off. And he basically just kicks him out. Yeah, not for shooting his gun in the office. Not for shooting his gun in the office, and he just said, come back in January, when it all blows over. Yeah, and this is, like, in reality, cops usually probably pull their gun once every two years, because there just isn't that same sort of violence that we have here. Not as much gun violence. Mm -hmm. So it is, like, triple funny, now that you point it out. (laughs) It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But I'm glad they gave him some time off, because, yeah, he has been traumatized. He has been terribly traumatized. He has, like, hallucinations. Mm-hmm. And everything. Yeah, the guy's like a, a very tightly fucking coiled spring. Yeah, especially when you think about the fact that he he didn't witness his siblings get killed, but they were all killed. He came across his father's body, and then in the last moments, his eyeless mother yeah. just is like, like going towards him. Holy fuck. Yeah, it was traumatizing. It was a bloodbath. It yeah. was like, it could have been even bloodier. It wasn't as bloody of a bloodbath as I had expected, but uh, it was a horrible thing for a kid to walk into. And he's probably yeah. like 13, 14 or something. Yeah, if that. Somewhere yeah. between 10 and 13. I don't know. Yeah. A kid. He's a kid, yeah. A tall kid. Tall kid, very yeah. tall. Um, when this all happened. So now he's a, an adult cop. And he's probably just been fucking counting the days. And later on, when they show his apartment, he definitely does have that crazy person, obsessed person's apartment. Oh, because it, it counts almost as a library scene, right? Because he's got all the, yeah. the stuff posted on the walls and his old-timey map of Amsterdam. Am- Amsterdam. Yeah, it's like a, a, a map from the 50s. Yeah, which comes in handy because he finds out later on an important piece of information because he was going off that old map, which is probably why he was doing it. No, and you had mentioned, you're like, wouldn't it be weird for all these, like, Black Peters and St. Nicholas to come back every so many years and how much everything has changed? Yeah. And 
I sort of laughed it off because I'm like a car carriage doesn't matter to them. I don't think they're paying attention to that sort of thing. Then I thought about like, well, Scent 2 would be like Santa in space. Because 42 years from now, who knows where we'll be colonizing, right? So it'll be like Scent on Mars. It's true. Yeah. Well, I always just thought, I was like, okay, well, you're dealing with a guy who was alive in 1492, Mm -hmm. who died in 1492. And now you're talking about present time, which let's say for the sake of argument that it is 2010 when this movie came out. Yeah. So you've gone from horsebacks and wooden ships and lanterns to iPhones and cars and transatlantic flight <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> I, like so I, I was like i was like yeah th- but there's a significant amount of uh, there's a significant jump every 42 years uh, but not enough to like make it you like crazy i guess they would have seen like automobiles before but i just think that it's like oh this is what cars look like now i think you feel like saint nicholas has spent a good portion of his night if it were me if i was the evil saint nicholas mm-hmm. i would be spending a good portion of my my uh night being like oh they have this now and just <laughs> yeah, go check out all the cool comics. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, what's going on here? Well, what does he do in his off time? Does he just like hover around on his boat or something? That's a good point. Or does, does he, he like disintegrate and disappear for all those 42 years? Yeah, does he slumber? I or don't know. Or does he it's... watch you while you're sleeping? Does he know when you're awake? Can he tell when you've been bad or good? I should be good for goodness sake. Like, what does he do? The Santa we know, our commercial Jolly Santa, yeah, watches you all the time. That's true. Yeah, I think that's what this. And he's pretty. Does. He's pretty tight about the naughty too, though. But he just gives you coal. He doesn't want to like kill you or hurt you or anything. Yeah, like but he that. still watches you. He's a creepy creeper. But it doesn't say that he's doing stuff. Do you think he's doing stuff when he's watching people? Oh, like what kind of stuff you mean? <laughs> Jeez, because apparently Santa that we know hangs out in. Uh, like long johns all year round, according to Coca-Cola commercials. Yeah. So he's already like, you know, kind of sitting there in his chair in his underpants. That's creepy. Yeah. Does he got a little flap in the back? Yeah, he does have a little flap in the back. <laughs> but it's still kind of gross. Some fat old man watching you all the time in his underwear. Not cool. Do you think that if we went back and did an aversing of all the movies that we've done on the show. Do you think that, like, the the creepy stalker guy from Hardware was actually Santa Claus? That sounds about right. That's kind of where I was going with that. That's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> yep. Watching you all the time. Yeah. And then a robot killed him. So we know the lifespan of Santa is basically he's going to get to a certain point, and then, that's, and then he's just going to be too voyeuristic. Yeah. And then killed by a robot. Which would be depressing for any child, I suppose. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> um, I got a little, like, fruity giggle out of that one. It's like, hee hee <laughs> <laughs> This is happening. Like, I got visions of sugar plums and everything. Wow. <sighs> it's cute. It's cute because you got you got so much Christmas cheer. I do have a lot of Christmas cheer. Bubbling up from inside you. It's I like I like Christmas yeah. time. Now, I can tell you who doesn't like Christmas time, this cop, because he is going fucking apeshit trying to, like, get ready. We don't really see what he's doing until a little bit into the film. But we are treated to our first uh, modern-day murders when St. Nicholas's group attack the house that's being looked after. Uh, that the girls are babysitting, basically. 
Or one one of the girls is babysitting. Yeah, the girl has I I what seems to be her brother, because he is like scared um to go to sleep and everything. And like any typical child who's excited on Christmas that Santa's going to come, this is the December 5th St. Nicholas visit, so he's keeps thinking he hears St. Nicholas. On the and, roof, yeah. Yeah, sister keeps saying, like, we don't celebrate St. Nicholas. He doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, she's, how many times do I have to tell you this? Yeah, she's like the mom in Miracle of 30, uh, for 34th Street. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. It doesn't help her much, but yeah. Uh, she is the first one to get sucked up the chimney. And the first thing that happens when St. Nicholas is about to destroy your life is the fire goes out. And as soon as the fire went out, I was like, they all seem to know the lore. Even the people that don't believe in Santa know the lore. Wouldn't this be part of, you know, your first first warning signs that you're going to get killed by St. Nicholas is that your fire goes out? Yeah, but even if you are aware of something... There's a rational part of your brain that thinks that can't be why the fire went out. Because St. Nicholas doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Yes, the fire went out. Yes, it's December 5th. Yes, I'm aware of the lore of St. Nicholas. But I also know that it's fake. Therefore, this fire going out has nothing to do with St. Nicholas because he's not real. So I buy that she's not afraid. Mm -hmm. It's like me with ghosts. I'm not, I don't believe in ghosts. But when, uh, one time when I was at my cottage, like just a couple of years ago, it was the first time I'd ever been there. I'm an adult, by the way. Uh, (laughs) Like, it was the first time I was ever there by myself. And it was the middle of the night, and we don't have any electricity there. So I have a lantern lighting basically the the cottage, and I had fallen asleep. And I woke up just as the fucking light went out. And for some reason, I was like, I was like, oh, I want to light that again. I want this to be lit so I can... Like, maybe I have to go up, get up to the bathroom. So, but it's, like, pitch fucking black. Like, I can't see the hand in front of my face, let alone really where the lantern is, let alone where the matches are. So I'm, like, stumbling all around, like, oh, shit, where is everything? It's so fucking dark in here. And I'm in the woods, and that freaks me out anyways, and I'm all by myself. And so I finally stumble when I find a pack of matches. And I'm about to strike the match. And, and, and as I'm going to strike the hatch, I was like, this is about where I strike the match. And like it, the 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 spook, the in, revenant is it like the, an inch from like your an face? An inch from my face, and she'll be like, ah, I don't know. Ah. It's like like, but I know that can't happen in real reality. No, no, it can't happen. But my brain puts it together. So, but like, yeah, it, my irrational fear could make that happen. So, I don't know. Like, I, I think that. It was just her irrational fear hadn't triggered, and so she was just like, eh. But she definitely looked like, was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Because she was like staring and not answering her friend on the phone. So there had to be some level of discomfort, I guess, as well. Yeah, I'm she saying. was so, so maybe a little freaked out. A little freaked out. So that yeah. were me, I'd be like, St. Nick? St. Nick, is that you? And like looking up the chimney and be like, hello. Oh, no, <laughs> shit. Come and kill this kid. Right. <laughs> That's her brother. <laughs> or whatever. Come and kill this kid. Um, <laughs> her friend hears the commotion, instantaneously bursts out of the house. She doesn't live far. She running, she's running, she's running. She gets there, and oh shit, the house is seemingly empty. And all of a sudden, it kind of looked like the ring happened because the TV was all like, Shh, and the power was out. And I was like, how's the power out and the TV on? 
And why is the cable fucked up? Like, what did St. Nicholas do? It's like cut wires and shit like that. And Because nothing seems to work. It's sort of like, you know, mixed territory around the crater in Wolf Creek. None uh, of the electronics work. Do you think that's part of it? Do you think that they saw that? Like The I iPhone gets screwed up when St. Nick's around. Yeah. They, is, is that just because... GPS be- fucks up when St. Nick's around. Is that because they're basically ghosts and people have kind of determined that ghosts fuck with... Electromagnetic... Like, frequencies and they suck all the energy out of things to live partially that or maybe they're just so old school that the technology just shrivels in fear Ooh, yeah. no bars no bars. <laughs> yeah it's just like no we're, we're entering the old world now with cold powered everything and horseback so it's like you know two colliding realities i could see that in the old world, so much more stronger that it overpowers all of our technology. Now, what do you think about these Black Peters that are that are trolling around St. Nicholas? They kind of remind me of, like, Dick Van Dyke's Chimney Sweet friends that are in <laughs> Mary Poppins. They sort of just remind me of orcs. That's all I could think of is orcs. They kind of have... Uh, they, they look zombified humans, and they're mm-hmm. all wearing black, and they all are wearing old sort of ruffian clothes and they all have like short swords and axes and a lot of implements and they seem to do a lot of the killing although saint nicholas himself has like no problem administering death blows to people either no and i can see where some people would get like a little bit itchy about the black peter thing because they are in blackface and they are styled after the moors which i would have preferred older style wild peters for black peters who were like covered in coal and like like had black skin and everything but it was from being wild and then they were sort of trans morphed into moors uh, centuries ago Mm mm-hmm so they've maintained this sort of like renaissance looking more. So they sort of look like pirates. And I guess that works well for the ship theme. Yeah. Uh, so we got this nautical theme, more renaissance fair style orc. Yeah. If you will, running around, stabbing people through the back of the head. Yeah. Kind of like the minions. Uh, it has kind of the same sensibility as Dead Snow, where there was like one main zombie who was like their leader. And they had like a bunch of little guys kind of like. Yeah. Do... And in lore, like Black Peters do assist St. Nicholas mm-hmm. and hand out pepper nuts. Another Christmas cookie that I do make. And you keep talking about all of these Christmas goodies that you're making. And it just makes me realize that I'm sitting here. Listeners, no goodies. I got a glass of water. And I don't she's make just... them for you. I make them for I my mom. I don't make them for you. <laughs> I end up making them when I visit my parents. I make them for them, really. Like, mostly. I've always just made cookies for them. Like well, Cinderella. <laughs> like a common Cinderella. <laughs> Mend their clothes. Make them cookies. Have to be home by midnight. <laughs> I once made pepper nuts. I made a whole shitload of pepper nuts. And pepper nuts are just basically like small, tiny. They're almost like... Um, I don't know, like they look like large chickpeas almost when they're when they're cooked. Um, and I had a whole like container of them in this like tin on the table, and my uncle was eating them by the handfuls. And it wasn't he had already eaten probably like twenty pepper nuts until he was like, "Whoa, wait a second, is this dog food?" <laughs> 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 like, 
talking to myself. You just ate like at least like two good handfuls of pepper nuts over the course of a half hour. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, hold the phone. Is this dog food? (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that he was, he he had one bite. He's like, oh, that's really good. And he had more bites and he just kept saying his own. I hope this isn't dog food because this tastes really good. What do I do? What do I do? How do I play this cool? You know what? I'm going to wait until I've really eaten my fill and then I'll confirm whether or not it's dog food because if it's dog food, I can't eat anymore. And if it's not dog food, I can, (laughs) but I don't want to take the risk. So I'll just eat until I don't want anymore. And then I'll say, is this dog food? Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, he was, like, way too shocked. It, like, definitely dawned on him mid-bite and around the 20th pepper nut. Because, and I was like, no, why? Does it taste like dog food? And he said, no, they taste delicious. But, like, there's my, his wife had just cooked up some, like, organic dog snacks a couple weeks ago. So, all of a sudden, he had this, like, oh, shit. Are these, like, organic dog snacks? Oh, crap. But I'm like, no, they're pepper nuts. And he's like, okay, I thought so. Going back to the Black Peter thing, I did think it was odd that Frank, who we've established in the movie, is a bit of a womanizer and who also kind of snarky uh, when he doesn't get when when his uh, latest lady doesn't want to have sex with him instantly. He gets like pissy, which is a bad reaction to have. And then we see him that what he's actually going to be doing today is dressing up like St. Nicholas and him and his shithead friends who are like just make fun of each other constantly and it makes me wonder it makes me wonder like did i just not have these types of friends growing up i never had a bunch of male friends and look when i was in high school i used to travel around in like a pack of like five six seven guys and we weren't like throwing shit and calling each other names and just being general nuisances you know what i'm saying yeah and so when i'm when i watch this i'm like i don't get it it's just like how like in um in like locker rooms in high school, you know when they have like locker room scenes with all these dudes hanging around with like their dicks hanging out and they're just like, So I was banging this chick the other day. And I was like slapping each other on the back and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was just like, I never had these conversations. Yeah. I, I, I went to gym. I had to go to the locker rooms just like anybody else. And you wanna know, listeners, the ladies listening to right now, and you're like, What are guys like in the locker room? We stare at the floor because we're all ashamed of our bodies. just like a girl's locker room we stare at the floor and we don't talk and we get changed as quickly as humanly possible that's it that's what locker rooms are for yeah but in movies no 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 no. it's like this is where where we're gonna like stand like although the girls in this film they get them pretty realistic i think you know and and it goes back to the halloween how the dialogue written for the women was very very realistic Mm -hmm. and you know, they don't fuck with girls too badly in horror films, I don't find. For all the fuckery that horror films are blamed for with their respect to women and the way that they depict women, it is mostly pretty fucking realistic. Guys, on the other hand, though, yeah, they're going to be, like, dialed right up as, like, super fucking jocks. Or they're going to be, like, ultra crust punks yeah. <laughs> these guys are they, uh, what i think is just a bunch of jocks yeah That's maybe why. so they're so but what they do is they dress up like saint nicholas and the two guys dress as black peter and they put on blackface yeah and i was like Ugh, that's creepy yeah i don't i don't know how i feel about that but whatever this is not my uh this is not my scene i'm not gonna judge 
they're putting on blackface though, and they drive off, uh, go to a children's ward, a pediatric ward to like, you know, brighten the kid's day. So I was like, this is actually kind of a sweet thing to do. You also see that Frank's mom is in a wheelchair and they got a kind of nice relationship. She doesn't really want him to go out, but you know, he gives her a kiss and you know, they're speaking to each other quite cordially. So I'm like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe there's more to the layers to this Frank guy. Maybe he's not such a shit. But at the same time, you know, he's got like a bag full of beers with him for him and his friends to drink while they're going to the pediatric ward. In Which again hospital. makes me think that they're just footballers. Yeah, footballers or something like that, just doing community service or yeah, or this is man, I don't know. Maybe they're genuinely happy to do it. I don't know, and it doesn't matter because <laughs> they get lost and they never make it to the the uh, the ward in the hospital. But we do get to see that hospital. Yes, thank God, because I do like when horror movies end up in hospitals. This is another thing that kind of reminded me of Halloween a little bit, just because we were in a hospital. Mm -hmm. And we just had that scene with the the girls walking home from school. And I was like, oh man, it's kind of like they, they, they got a little bit of one and a little bit of two in here. I'm not saying that that's what their intention was. That's just where my brain was going. We kind of have Yurt as a Loomis character that has all the answers and knows the foe and is chasing them around on his own time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is It is really similar to Halloween 1 and 2 in a lot of respects now that I think about it. Yeah, except it's winter and it's an evil St. Nicholas ghost and his troop of guys. Then these... Uh, Black Peters and St. Nicholas attack the guys in the car and it's a really relentless attack and it really reminded me of do you remember those the mummy remakes from like the late 90s early 2000s where there's a lot of car chases and CGI and mummies kind of running around and shit is that the one with that that wrestler in it? Uh, that the one you're talking about? Yeah, like The yeah. Rock was in it and Brendan Fraser and, and all that kind of stuff. It just kind of reminded I've me of that. I've caught portions of them on television, but I've never watched them on it, it, purpose. It kind of it reminded me of that just because there's, um, there's some pretty good action sequences in this, uh, mostly involving the Black Peters. Uh, St. Nicholas gets in on it too, although it seems a little bit harder to render for him. I think it's probably like more digital work because of the fact that he's on a horse. It's mm-hmm. mounted. But they do have uh, a lot of CGI effects, a lot for the kills. Um, there seems to be some practical as well, but uh, there's some things that are just straight up CGI. But there are practical because they do remove limbs and they do have a, a close shot of, of a guy getting a shovel in the face. And that was all practical. You can yeah, tell. I really I really enjoyed that. I, I didn't mind either the digital kills at all. Yeah. Because um, it's fun. You know, it's fun. Like, it's... like you're saying, like instead of Michael Myers, we have Santa. Okay, sure. And that makes yeah. it fun. And this injects a little more fun. And they inject that fun straight through the back of someone's head to shut out their mouth. Because these orcs <laughs> slash Black Peters like to attack people from behind. They do, and impale them. Yeah, with pitchforks at the beginning, which kind of reminds me a little bit of them chasing down Frankenstein's monster with like a yeah countryside mob, right? Yeah. Uh, so I guess old habits die hard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they like to stab people with like farm implements through the back. Yeah, a lot of the weapons are fairly crude. It seems just to be like standard things that bandits might have that they would have picked up that work sufficiently as a weapon. And these are kind of what they're stuck with for all of eternity. 
Well, Santa's staff is about the coolest weapon slash thing that they have in their hands. It's really cool. It's, it's like a... a glaive. It looks like the silence glaive. Sailor Saturn, the sovereign of spreading silence, and her silence glaive. That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> I would love to borrow a Saint, or Saint Nick's staff or whatever you call that thing so I can dress up as Sailor Saturn finally one day. I like some sort of deep cut Sailor Moon references that you're making. <laughs> yep. Sailor Saturn is the coolest. Yeah. Yeah. I was always... That's all I could think of when I, when I saw it. Every time I saw it, I was just like, yeah, I so want to be Sailor Saturn. <laughs> I was a Sailor Mercury guy. It's a good choice. Smart choice. Yeah. Way better than Sailor V. Way better than any other Sailor Scouts. Yeah. I like yeah. Sailor Mercury. She was she was brainy. I don't know. Anyway, he does use that stuff really cool, too, in one instance that I really liked where he's got the guy... It's like an S. He's got like a big S for the people who aren't familiar with... Uh, Sailor Saturn, or I can't really get it going in their head. It's a big, gnarly S. And he got a guy with it around his neck, and he, like, fucking just throws the handle, and it goes in a perfect circle around, and he catches it on the other side, and then he just lifts it up, and the guy's head just comes clean off. Super theatrical and big. St. Nicholas also has this penchant for riding his horse on rooftops. Which I loved. I did love all of the... Like, this is a super fun movie. It's like, super duper fun. It yeah. is super fun. Um, I I grew up around a lot of horses and spent a lot of time with horses. Um, so I really do enjoy the equestrian angle of this film. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> we, shall, we shall say. Yeah, I definitely enjoy seeing horses on rooftops because that's just crazy. Yeah. Um, and... Of course, this is one of those things where the magic of cinema is completely destroyed by computers. Because I was like, at first, the first time I saw St. Nick rear up on his horse on a rooftop, I was like, how did they get the horse on the... Oh, yeah, computers. It, it would have been computers, yeah, never right? Mind. I'm not even that interested anymore. But it was still fun to see. Mm. It was super fun to see. Because uh, I would have loved to see them do that in reality and put the horse on the rooftop, even though it's kind of cruelty if, to animals. If, if it was practical, what they would have to have done is... Have a platform uh, behind the roof. Or they're shooting from below. They can do that. Or they could have built a practical, like a, a, a roof set that was actually ground level. Yeah. And then add things digitally. Like, like okay, we'll, we'll, we'll shoot. Change the horizon. Change yeah. the horizon and it'll look like he's there. And then when we do the tight shots of him galloping on the rooftop, well, he's... He's not more than, like, a, a foot off the ground, so we're okay. I wish they could have done that. That would have been so much more realistic and fun. It would have been. Uh, yeah. I wonder. I don't know what the cost would have been. I don't know what the cost for putting the horse in in post. Or, sorry, putting them on the roof in post. Would that be more expensive or just building a little I don't know. I wonder. I, I really Depends about know. how much time you have. That's I don't know what the time frame of this shoot was at all. Yeah. It, it's a very beautiful-looking movie. I love the snow i love like obviously you have like the the aesthetic of amsterdam which is a beautiful place and then it's snowing that really awesome big flaky snow that's just constantly coming down and there's always the perfect level uh layer of snow on the ground uh that so people aren't wading through it but it's all very it's just so pretty it is super pretty like a career and i's postcard like i really enjoyed that i enjoyed that about a lot of like winterish Horror films Me too. like Wrong Turn Four, Dead yeah, Snow, yeah. Uh, Let the Right One In. I, I like the winter scenes, especially when they do something cool with with like the red blood hitting the snow. Yeah, that always looks really good. Yeah, you don't see enough of that 
And sometimes I don't want to see much of that because I can't, I don't like winter very much. I don't like the cold at all. Mm -hmm. I don't react to, very well to the cold one bit. Uh, but it is super pretty and I did enjoy watching that. And especially like a lot of these rooftop scenes, because they do a lot of outdoor scenes. Yeah. The architecture is really pretty too, kind yeah. of old world and I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. Mostly at night with candlelight through the windows and a bunch of this big flaky snow and a giant decomposing St. Nicholas racing a horse across the rooftops mm -hmm. I, it was really pretty yeah 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 now we see that uh the police seem to be starting to get in shades that police are kind of aware of this happening they don't seem there's dialogue that indicates that there are certain people on the force that absolutely understand what's happening it's almost like treating it like a devil's night thing like mm -hmm. they're used to this it's gonna happen they've been through this before yeah which is weird because none of them are over the age of 42 i don't think but it's whatever. true but at the at the same time this this seems to be coming down from on high yeah they've been prepped and and one of the things that they needed to in to have in this movie they fucking needed to have it because if they didn't i would have been like wait a second wait a second is the fact that it's a cover-up they know that Every 42 years, this spirit will come to this place and kill as many people as it possibly can. Hundreds. And if you were trying to tell me, are you, are you seriously trying to get me to believe that hundreds of people every 42 years could die and nobody knows this is happening constantly? This isn't one of the most famous things that happen in the world that everyone's focused on. People just imagine that like, oh no, St. Nicholas is... It's just kid stuff. and We were planning to go to Amsterdam. We're going to check out like Cannabis Cup and the Torture Museum. But, oh, we better do this next year, guys. Because yeah. this is the year that St. Nick comes and kills like 300 people. Yeah, on the full moon yeah. of December 5th. Yeah. So, but, but what we find out is that um, this goes all the way to the top, Lydia. All the way to the top. Mr. Mayor? Mr. Mayor. You mean Mr. Mayor? The height of power. Mr. Mayor is pulling all the strings. I'm sorry, I can't stop twirling. <laughs> Mr. Mayor. It's it, like he's from a Mr. Men. He's one of the Mr. Men. It's true. It's like little British fucking cartoon character. And as Mr. We, mayor. As we know, a mayor has all the power in the world to... And no first name. And no, Well, no, because then you have to like give him a backstory. Mr. Mayor. He's just like, he's the mayor. Oh, what's the difference if he's the mayor? It's like, well... The mayor knows. Oh, I see. So now it's a big conspiracy thing. <laughs> but yeah. But the main uh, Frank doesn't know that yet, and he is about to get fucking murked by uh, Saint Nicholas himself because the the police chasing Saint Nicholas on a horse because they're like there's a guy on a horse on the rooftops and they're chasing him around. One guy kind of comes out and starts to shoot his gun, nails the horse, and like. What is up must come down. That horse lands on their police car and just... Obliterates it. Yeah. It's like a 500-pound animal. Yeah. So it's down down on the fucking car. Everyone's crushed. Uh, Frank, who was being blamed for the murder of the girl because it was his ex-girlfriend and... And he then was his about and he was getting dumped, getting dumped, and his friends his friends died, and his ex girlfriend died all in the same night. Hmm, that's an easy that's an easy connection to draw. Well, now he's facing Saint Nicholas. All of a sudden, this cop, this Ahab cop, comes out of nowhere with a flamethrower. 
And he's like, boom, boom, boom. Because uh, St. Nicholas died by fire. And so that seems to be his weakness. Not bullets, mind you, but fire. Which makes sense. I'm fine with that. Um, Now these guys are working together, and it's adorable. Because you have... (laughs) A, a, like an old grouchy cop giving him all kinds of information about who St. Nicholas is and how to stop him. And how do you stop him? you got to destroy the boat. Of course. That's exactly what I would have thought, too. Yeah, that is how he gets there. I would just think of, like, moving away from Amsterdam. Yeah, I know. Or at least 40, every 42 years, take a trip. Yeah. Take a trip. Just go anywhere. Just hunker down. I mean, you know, the slipmouth woman comes back all the time, and they cope. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. You see, you just tell your kids, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, yeah. hunker down. Tell St. Nicholas he's neither pretty nor attractive. <laughs> yeah. Confuse him if <laughs> yeah. you can. Yeah, so like, you're not ugly, you're not attractive. Yeah. You're, you're all right. Or just stay in your fucking house. I don't yeah. know. Don't well, have Don't have a wood fire stove. Yeah. That would help. Embrace, like, nuclear energy or, you know, a, a nice oil-burning forced air gas system. Something. <laughs> Anything. So, this is about the point of the movie. It's a, By the way, um, there's like it's a brisk 85 minutes. So, it's not the longest movie in the world. That's one of my favorite things. You don't have to, like, you know, have everything prepared for a two-hour fucking camp out. Yeah, I know. So, you get in there... And these guys are working together. He, the, the cop has been amassing this stuff for years. And so he's got all these explosives and drums and shit like that. And they're going to go out to the water and destroy the boat. Well, when they get there, they find out that there's a police boat has been taken out. We knew that already because we saw the them go through it. And they get caught by the police. And the best thing about this is, well, now... There's going to be even more bodies. going to be more bodies and witnesses to shore up what Gert has been believing. Or mm-hmm. Yurt, depending on how you want to pronounce his name. Um, this is why he wasn't so sore about being relieved from the force for a couple days. When they said, you know, you should take some time off. You're really high strung around Christmas. Or, well, I keep saying Christmas, but it's not Christmas. It's December 5th. St. Nicholas Day. Yeah. And, of course, this just gives him more time to carry out his plan than he's been planning for for 42 friggin' years. Yeah. So you have police there in a boat. They're getting chopped the shit up. And then SWAT guys show up looking very official. Which is handy because you get guys with great big plastic masks and lights on their guns. Yeah. It adds to that festive mood because now we're not in the city anymore where you get these nice candlelit windows and Christmas type lights and everything. Now we have guys with lights on their guns. Yeah, festive. Cheery. Festive for sure. But... The SWAT guys come because the mayor calls them, or the I guess the police chief gets the, like gets an order to send the SWAT guys, mm-hmm. and they seem to know what's up. But it doesn't even matter because one of the things that they've determined is that the bullets don't really work, and they still keep trying to light these guys up. Now, the, uh, these um, Black Peters aren't invincible. We've seen uh, a couple get bisected. We've seen a couple get their heads knocked off. Uh, it doesn't really say if they stay dead, but if the horse is any indication, they probably don't. They probably will come back at some point. That or there's hundreds and hundreds of them waiting on the boat, so they're just replaceable. So maybe they do die. Um, 
Yeah, they do. Like, like guns do can stop them for sure. Definitely. One gets a flare in the mouth and his head explodes. Flares don't work like that. Yes, they do, Lydia. Yes, they do. The documentary series Scent and How Everything Works in Life just told me that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. Because I, I, as soon as I reacted to this flare being basically a stick of TNT, <laughs> Wes reminded me that this is basically a documentary. <laughs> and I haven't stopped laughing since. Basically. <laughs> so... But I do like the difference here with the cops and how you can tell who's, you know, wise and who isn't, who was sent by Mr. Mayor and who wasn't, is their reaction to the perpetrator being described as being on horseback. Mm -hmm. If they react with like, on horseback, (laughs) you know, they're not part of Mr. Mayor's minions. If they're like, yes, of course he's on horseback, because that's who we're after, then you know that they're part of the cops that are wise to the recurring nightmare of slaughter. Yeah. So our, our old Ahab cop guy, he gets hurt really badly. And Frank now has to basically turn the boat into a bomb. No, the the, 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 the cop had indicated that he was just going to drive the boat to it. And he never planned on living past this night anyways. Which for all the acting in this film, the acting is fairly good like i really i had no problems with the acting nobody pulled me out that was that one scene where i wish they would have just dialed it up a little bit just done in one more take with a little more feeling yeah you know because that was kind of an interesting thing he's gonna do the self-sacrifice thing yeah and frank treats it kind of like oh well yeah okay cool yeah it's not that's not cool that's not cool at all he should have reacted like tried to at least talk him out of it at least once i think or something he, he to be fair he barely knows this guy yeah and he's old and stuff and he's very hurt yeah now this this kind of starts a sequence in the movie that well I, I it's not like this ruined it for me it's moments in the movies like this that i don't really like i don't really like when they set a timer and if this this timer was just a little over four minutes less than five and in that span of time, Frank comes up with a whole plan about how he's going to get a barrel of gasoline or something, strap it to the back of the boat, and he is going to puncture a hole in it. I think it's Anfo because it kind of comes out right like, like a powder almost, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so it's something like that. It is something that is going to rocket propel this boat to the Saint Nicholas's boat. Yeah, it's one half MacGyver, one half Red Green. Exactly. Except he, by two minutes left on the clock, he he says, oh, okay, this, this is the plan that he has. He does all of that stuff within two minutes. Also, the SWAT team and St. Nicholas and the Black Peter show up. <laughs> and they all fight. Sorry. I didn't mean the, to laugh so the SWAT The SWAT team gets killed. He manages to hide under a boat. St. Nicholas threatens him he has enough time to finally light the fuse the boat goes all the way to saint nicholas's boat and then it explodes within two minutes and this was way more than two minutes of film yeah i would have liked to time it 
in, in on one hand. On the other hand, I, I've just accepted the elasticity of time once a timer is set in a film. I guess, but like it was, it's so glaring. Like maybe it's just because I'm you not. You just the... start. Just you have a phone. It has the technology to time things. You can set a timer every time there's a timer in a movie. You should be whipping out your phone and setting a timer for that exact time. I'm usually too busy whipping out other things. Of course, yeah. While watching Saint. Oh yeah, give it to me. Give it to me, you charred claws. <laughs> He's hot. He's kind of hot. What, what did you think? Well, he was certainly hot when he was burning to death. Uh, what did you think of, of St. Nicholas's look? Like, when it was finally in the light? I wanted him to be even more decrepit and rotting. I, I, and I agree. I think he actually kind of... charred. I, I think he actually kind of looked funny to me. He, and, and not only that, but, like, he looked shriveled and pruney, but he didn't look burned. Yeah. It didn't yeah. really look like a burn to me. He looked, yeah, more like an extra from the Black Pearl and that Pirates of the Caribbean or something. Yeah, That's something like that. Like. Yeah. And I wish, like, once the Black Peters looked orc-like at a distance and in the quick scenes. Because they do a lot of shaky cam action they do, in yeah. this. So you don't get a really good look at all of them. But once they were up close, yeah, it's just really, you could... Take some, like, charcoal soot and smoosh it on your face and dress up like a pirate and you'd look like one of them. Uh, Saint Nick? I would have, yeah, definitely like to see him look a little more insane, a little more rotted. Yeah. Far more burnt, more charred, more black. Yeah, yeah, I think that would have that would have been cool. I liked his outfit, though. Oh, yeah, his he looked Pontus great. hat type thing and all of his shawls and stuff. He looked pretty cool. And his silence glaive. Or shepherd's hook, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. And he was on horseback. That's cool. Yeah, he, like it's very cool looking. Um, however, when the boat explodes, you're kind of expecting some kind of fanfare. I expected him to blow up right there. I expected all the Black Peters to just like turn to ash. Start or something. turning to ash. Yeah, and go like all Silent Hill or something, and just fall apart. And then there's ash falling instead of snow. Credits. There, I rewrote the end of Sin. That's my rendition of Silent Hill's theme. <laughs> but instead, they kind of just look horrified or scared, and then they just kind of go off into the mist. And that's it. Yeah, and they don't even become mist or anything fun Nothing. like that. Do you think yeah. that was budgetary, uh, budgetary constraints? Or were there, like... Budgetary constraints. Budgetary constraints. They had enough money to make it look like a horse can run across rooftops for probably 20 minutes of the entire filming time. Yeah. And they couldn't have used it to at least make Santa Claus explode in a shower of sparks. Or, or something. At least one of the Black Peters disintegrate into a column of ash. I mean, that would have been fun. It would have been fitting. They just blew up what was supposed to be his lifeblood. Mm -hmm. You know, it's his touchstone to mm -hmm. this era and it's a means of transportation outside of the horse for him and his posse yeah so he should have had more reaction than to just like cower i agree because he just dips he doesn't even, like, they don't even really explain what happens and then the next thing it's the daytime and the aftermath the aftermath of frank the, 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 his, his cop body died. Uh, Frank is now in the hospital recovering. And the police, uh, the police chief or like 
was that the police chief was like a secret agent or something? Very scary, deep voice guy. Like, Mr. Clean? Yeah, Mr. Clean. He shows up and basically has a check for him. And see, what they've done is 42 years prior when when these initial... The, the murders that we'd seen in the 60s. And many more people than that were killed that night. Yeah, we were only really privy to Yurt's family getting killed. Yeah. And his vendetta against St. Nick. But, of course, the reason why so many of the, the, the SWAT team exists and why Mr. Mayor has this uh, elite group of people that are in the know is because hundreds of people died that night. Yeah. And what we're expecting now with the aftermath, they start showing the news broadcasts of explaining away hundreds of people more died. And, like, in the children's hospital... 35 kids. Yeah. It was and, an unexplained fire. Apparently. Yeah, that's what they, 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 you could see the cover-ups. Yeah. And and now uh, the police guy, uh, he is going to be fingered as a murderer. He's the one that committed all these murders. Yeah. And they're still getting numbers in. And I say to that, that's a long way to go. Even if, 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 the, if news people were saying one person killed like a death toll of, he, they were estimating at 300. And the mayor told him, it's like, that's more than the last time. So fix the number. Basically saying, like, less people got killed. Yeah. Um, so, like, you could see there's a lot of dirty pool going on to sort of keep this stuff hidden. Well, it makes but, sense. But, like, so, and, like, it's only every 42 years. So they don't have to do this as regularly as, say, those afflicted with the slip mouth woman. Yeah, exactly. But could you honestly think that in 2010 when this movie was made you could you could put a lid on over 300 people getting killed in a in a town in a night well you how many can't... times have you seen like christmas tragedy news right you know a ferry sinks with 150 people on it yeah what if that was saint nicholas what if yeah he he had his his schooner on ramming speed and just took out a boat on his way into shore to slaughter another hundred children, friends, and family. Well, <laughs> it's Christmas tragedy news. That's what it struck me as when but, they were showing the newscast and the cover up. I don't think it's all that impossible. This movie has like a super happy Christmas ending because Frank gets money. He gets like the thought of his mother who's in a wheelchair getting fixed, and also his girlfriend that was oddly absent for a huge chunk of this movie, which I thought she'd have a bigger part, um, has sex with him in the hospital. It's all coming up Millhouse. His princess was in that castle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, he just wins, wins, wins. And then uh, in a, probably the most puzzling scene in this entire movie is the last shot where we see that St. Nicholas himself, the, 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 the demon, ghost, monster, revenant, Everyone want to call him, is just sitting on a, standing on a church tower. He's still there. So. Just grimacing. Just grimacing. So, my question to you is, the boat's destroyed. St. Nicholas is now free from the curse to roam indiscriminately, Amsterdam and beyond? Or is he stuck at that church, let's say? Or what? What do you think it is? Or is that just a sequel question mark? Maybe. That's what I was hoping for. A sequel question mark? Maybe. 
because I'd like to see an earthbound saint have to ride his horse on more rooftops. Yeah, that'd be cool. Suck more children up chimneys. Because uh, the boat angle just struck me as comedic. And there is a lot of like comedic things, unintentionally comedic things in this film. Uh, like Santa on a boat. I don't know why that strikes me as so funny. Um, but that's in keeping with with the... The, the, the legend, traditional the, story, the, the yeah. The traditional story. And that's the thing that I really dug about this movie. It really... If you're not aware of St. Nicholas and Black Peter and the boats and and any of these this, these legends or how Christmas is celebrated elsewhere, uh, it's quite an eye-opener, right? Like, and, and I mean, obviously, like... Like, there's aspects of this movie that are pure fantasy, like the monsters and stuff, the ghosts and shit. But uh, but also, it's just, uh, it's interesting. Because and, and, so many Christmas horrors kind of fall into the trap of crazy guy dressed as Santa Claus, right? Crazy guy dressed as Santa Claus, or it just so happens to take place at Christmas. Yes. Yeah. So this is really, really steeped in Christmas and lore and old world Christmas lore. Yeah. Which is super enjoyable, and like you said, basically a documentary. Practically a documentary. I feel like I feel like we were just watching like fucking museum secrets or something. Yeah, it's like, like that. totally History Channel. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, definitely History Channel. <laughs> I know. I do kind of hope that he is Earthbound, but I can't see him continuing. Same reason I would have liked to see him explode in a shower of sparks. Because, because what's the story after this? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You could maybe go into the type of curse that this was. Because they're very vague on that. Is it is is it a a, a rage curse? Is is did he say a spell? Like they don't really say he was killed, he was a bad dude, but how what brought him back? What brought him and all of his minions back? Was it the 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 rage of like because it's not even like the rage of an injustice, or was it, it just the fact that people called him back and invoked him every single December fifth by leaving it, money in their shoes outside their door? Yeah, I suppose. And it invoked him every year, every year, every year. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. There's a lot of possibilities. You could go deeper into that curse, or what I was suggesting was an aversing of the saint movie and the dead snow franchise and have like nazi zombies and saint nicholas and his black peters team up i think that'd be cool because the, the nazi zombies don't they, they would need a leader and he has no army right now so yeah, yeah i think it's a natural marriage i oh, really yeah. do right. that or it's the other like more sad version that i keep thinking like now he's stranded there he has no black peters he has no boat his horse is dead or whatever so now he has to scrounge outside of doors and in garbages and stuff. And he's like a bum Santa. So he has to rely on this. Every December 5th, he just hoards all the stuff that people leave him. And then he like goes and lives in his little underground fucking, you know, scavenged little place. Like <laughs> sort of like where Claptrap lives in Borderlands. <laughs> well, because the, the thing that's confusing about the ending of this movie is they indicate that St. Nicholas is still around after December 5th, which makes, which again begs the question, where does he go? If he had the boat, where does he go? Or like, did he disappear then? And can he not disappear now? So it's like, there, there's, I don't know. There's a lot of questions with that ending, which I'm guessing that they were leaving in on purpose. Yeah, no, I didn't. It would have been a lot stronger a film if, they weren't planning on a sequel. 
yeah. to just have him disappear entirely. I, I honestly agree with you about they needed to have some fanfare to show that the curse had been lifted. Something. That it just cut to black after all those horrible news Christmas tragedy type events. Yeah. And the semi cover up and the blaming of everything on this psychopathic killer. Yeah. The cop. Yeah. Um, and just end it there. Yeah. Instead of this one flash of Saint Nick on the church tower. Looking at the like look at the camera, tight shot, credits. I was like, I are you going for a, a just before credits scene jump? Or like, oh, now he's looking at you. Like, I was like, it's a weird thing to add. It wasn't handled very well, I thought. But yeah, overall. Although it does afford us a nice close-up on the St. Nicholas makeup. That's true. It's the daytime and he's standing up in a wide open space. So Yeah, yeah. that is what the last scene does give for us. That's true. Do you have a favorite saint? Do I have a favorite? Do you think about saints? Like, this is a fuck St. Nicholas. We, we talked about St. Nicholas all day long. I do. I do have a favorite you saint. You do? What? The Order of the Saint Dumas gave birth to Azrael, who would later take the mantle of Batman in the 90s series Nightfall. Hmm. <coughs> Mine would have to be Saint Valentine, but not for the reason you'd think, because he's a, he is the patron saint of plagues. Oh. Yeah, my favorite saint. Only because of that reason. I'm just more sad that I don't know more about saints. Because I can't actually answer that question legitimately. You know what? The uh, I'll go with Valentine too because of the plague thing you just said. Saint Peter's pretty cool because he was crucified on an upside down cross. Does anyone have? A, is there any saint that has like a happy origin? Fuck no, man. They're all <laughs> okay. I know. Wasn't Mother Teresa bestowed into sainthood? Wasn't she's she? going. She's going to be. She's going to be. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. There, there you go. go. There's your happy saint. You know, St. Andrew's pretty cool, too, because he was on an X cross, and you can go into any fetish store right now and pray to St. Andrew all you like. I will not have you kink shame me. <laughs> all in all, it's, like, super fun. You know, it's not it's not serious horror by any means. There are some really fun kills, and it is probably a funny trick to play on somebody who says, let's watch a Christmas movie, and you're like, let's watch Saint. <laughs> I think that's the best use of this film, is to trick people. <laughs> that's not you being in the christmas spirit at all oh it's like christmas is not about tricking people and i tried so hard <laughs> isn't christmas about tricking people no you need to trick people into believing santa claus exists trick people into eating dog food <laughs> I mean, isn't that what christmas is all about well you tricked me i thought there was going to be some sugary delicious snacks for our christmas episode and we didn't even get any I have a glass of water and a bendy straw for you. What do we got next week for them? What we have coming up, uh, in no particular order, Basket Case and Hell House. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Not sure which I want to do next, but... We're being a little loosey-goosey, but we will definitely do one of those two. Because both are just beloved films of mine. And we have Vampire Lovers coming up too, which is a beloved film of Wes's. Yeah. The dark era of hammer horror that people say, say are shitty. I'm like, oh, contraire. Mon frere. But anyway, I want to thank, there's a special thanks I'd like to do today. Oh, really? I would especially like to thank Lydia for letting me do a Christmas episode. Oh, well, thanks. And I wasn't <laughs> even too scroogey. No, you weren't. This has made my whole fucking month. I actually debated about setting up a Christmas tree because there is one in the basement. But I was like, I don't want to go through that kind of trouble. 
Oh, we, and we could have done like, oh, fuck, I could have brought like a, a red sweater and we could have done like a Perry Como callback for the old Christmas specials. I just can't. I just can't, <laughs> man. I'm sorry. I, I'm not that big on the Christmas cheer. I'm really not. No. Okay. Wait. Better. Blue sweaters matching Bing Crosby, David Bowie. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No. <laughs> It snowed outside. What more do you want from me? I don't know. Cookies, right? Yeah. Cookies. <laughs> That's what you want, cookies. Anyway, on I'll that... see what I can do. On that note, I'm Last Night. I'm Typical Lydia. And you've been listening to Dead Air. <laughs>